from digitiki.com. Oh wait, that's a place for you. That's where everybody lives in grass shacks. You know, the girls wear grass skirts, and the uh, fellas love to uh, hit the hay early back there. Welcome to the Quiet Village. Welcome back for another visit here at the Quiet Village. I am your host, Digitiki, coming to you direct once again from digitiki.com broadcasting hunkered down and quarantining deep inside the heart of the quiet village i am excited to have this show i um coming up shortly i'm going to have frank luna who is the official archivist for um ernie menahuni's music sadly ernie passed away in uh, 2015 and but Frank was a very good friend of his he's his keyboardist accompanist and now his official archivist um he's going to be on shortly but also just want to remind you all that we are getting really close to 100 episodes this is episode 97 we're getting really close to 100 and I don't know what to do for the 100th episode you know for the 50th I played a bunch of versions of Quiet Village and that was about it you know, and I've had suggestions from friends to say, ah, just do a greatest hits. And I don't know if I want to do a greatest hits, um, compilation show or, um, another, uh, friend suggested, uh, that I, we do a big zoom online meeting and let you guys interview me, but I don't know about that. So, you know, right. Give me uh put on Facebook page for uh, quiet village radio. Just put on the Facebook page. Let me know what you think. Uh, your ideas or drop me an email let me know what you think Um, you know several heads are better than one that's what I always say Uh, so let's get on to the show right now I got my Mai Tai here and it's just uh, just out of reach over there okay I'll get it in a minute Um, but I have Frank Luna who is the official archivist for Ernie Menahuni coming up Um, and for those of you who are not that familiar with Ernie Menahuni or uh, check out episode 27, where I actually interview him in Tucson at his ranch in Tucson. That was back in 2010. And then episode 72, sadly, was the episode of his passing. It was uh, um, in the memory of Ernie Minahuni on 2015. And, you know, I just realized that episode 27 and episode 72, and that's kind of um, a little odd. I mean, it's kind of ironic I guess uh, I'm not into numerology but there you have it uh, 27 and 72 um, but just to recap Ernie was a really big Polynesian entertainer in the 60s and in the 70s um, he uh, was well known around the world he played a lot in the west of the United States he did um, some of the big rooms in Vegas uh, Frank Sinatra actually came to see his show um, what else um he, he he made Tucson his home. He toured a lot throughout the Southwest and Los Angeles. Um, he was also known as Hawaii's suntanned Irishman, and he was not Irish. He was actually born, he's in Hawaii, and I believe he said it was the Minahuni Valley, and that's how he got his name. He was also a little shorter. Um, I'm 5'9". He was a few inches shorter than me. Um, so, you know, he was a small guy, Ernie Minahuni. Um, he, he was born Ernie Rivera in Hawaii, and he later illegally changed his name to Minahuni. Um, his brother is Larry Rivera. Now, for those of you who collect Hawaiian records from the, the 50s and 60s, you'll know that Larry Rivera had a lot of records out. He was really well known in Hawaii. I believe he's still alive. One of my favorites because of the cover and the title is A Nightcap with Larry. I love that title. Um. So, yeah, he was the brother of Ernie Minahuni. And um, Ernie had a beautiful place in Tucson, in southwest Tucson, a huge ranch. And in episode 27, I described the ranch and everything. But uh, it was it was really neat to actually meet Ernie. He was such a gracious man, very down-to-earth, uh, very welcoming. One of the things, for those of you who are um, collectors, you know that you get 
you can find some Ernie Menahuni records, and you have a fairly good chance of finding some that are autographed. Um, kind of like uh, Corla Pandit, you find a lot of them autographed by Corla Pandit. Um, Ernie, you can you can occasionally find one autographed by Ernie, and that just shows that, like Corla Pandit, he was very in touch with his audience. He was gracious enough to take the time to sign the records. You know, he was he was. He was very gracious with his audience, and uh, it was just great. He was just a wonderful man. So to, to get the, the episode here, uh, to give you the idea, I was, I'm was i a member of the Facebook page, Fans of Ernie Menahuni. And if you're not, I suggest you go up there and join it. It's a great little Facebook page. It's run by Frank Luna. And uh, I was on there and perusing, and I just happened to glance and see a cover to one of his albums, and the, and the term CD just kind of blasted out at me and so I had to read it and it turns out his first three albums are available now on CD they've been remastered by Frank they've been put out on CD they are hard to find because the numbers are are low and uh, they sold out quickly but they are going to come back so I freaked out and I and I wrote uh, on Facebook and uh, said hey do you have any more I'd love to get them he wrote back very graciously and said, yep, I have a couple more of each copy, and if you want one, I'll gladly sell them to you. So I got them, and it's great, and there are more coming out. So I tell you what, let's get acquainted with Ernie's music once again here. Let's do uh, let's do one from each of the CDs that have been released, which is um, his first three, Hawaii Suntan Irishman, Back to Aloha Land, and um, Showtime, live at the... Um, at the uh, the Spanish Trails. That's it. Spanish Trails Resort, which was in Tucson. So here we go. Let's do a three for Ernie Menahuni, starting off with a beautiful rendition of one of my favorite tunes, Yellowbird. Yellowbird Up high in banana tree Yellow bird, you sit all alone like me. Did your lady friend leave her nest again? That is very sad, make me feel so bad. You can fly away in the sky away, you're more lucky than me. I also have a pretty girl. Not with me today They all the same The pretty girl Make them the nest Then they fly away Yellow bird Up high in banana tree Yellow bird You sit all alone like me Better fly away in the sky away. Pick her coming soon. Pick from night to noon. Black and yellow, you like banana too. They might pick you someday. Friend, 
leave her nest again That is very sad Make me feel so bad You can fly away In the sky away You're more lucky than me You're more lucky than me You're more lucky than me Yellow demonstrate once again the, the way we still sing in Hawaii. Now this is called singing in falsetto or abrogado, a real high. It's a very beautiful tune called Kai Manahila, meaning diamond head. <laughs> Oh, come on, 
Hold, hold the music. Hold, hold. Look at this beautiful woman sitting there like this. Bring it up one more key. I'll give you one more chance, lady. Or just one more key. Uh, bring it up to a new key. Uh, one more key, lady. I know you Okay, that is um, called Kaimana Gila. It's a classic old Hawaiian tune from Ernie's album, his only live album, which is called Showtime, live from the Spanish Trails Resort. And that's the Spanish Trails Resort in Tucson, Arizona, which is sadly not there anymore. Uh, The building is still there. And up until maybe about five or six years ago, the sign was still intact. It was a really cool sign. Uh, But now it's just literally just a shell of itself um ernie was a regular there it was a big big um big draw in the southwest uh in the middle of that set sweet singing bamboo from ernie's album back to aloha land and then of course kicking off that set ernie's rendition of yellow bird from his album hawaii's suntanned irishman and he was actually billed that way for part of his career because the song Danny Boy, which is a classic Irish tune, was part of his repertoire. And I don't know if I'm relating the story correctly or not. He told me, but he was, uh, I believe it was one of his shows. The theater billed him as Hawaii's suntan Irishman on the billboards. And um, he just kept it. He just kept it. But he was not Irish. He was Hawaiian. <laughs> um So getting back to our interview with Frank Luna here, um, I had discovered that the CDs were out. The first three CDs for Ernie were out. Uh, I managed to get copies. They were great. Um, 
And if you can't get a copy and you really want to get one, just hang on because they are coming out. And um, my wife and I and our family, we usually go to Tucson once a year to visit my wife's family. They uh, they live there. So we decided to go for Thanksgiving and we had all been in our bubbles and you know everybody was tested and, and we knew everybody was safe. So we were just going to go there and stay and not go anywhere. But I took the opportunity to get a hold of Frank and see if I could meet up and interview him because I really wanted to have him on the show to talk about the stuff. And I did that. So in order to play it safe... <laughs> We um, we decided to meet outdoors. We met in a local park in Tucson, and it was a rather blustery day. And there were kids playing, which was great. It was a beautiful day. Um, but I do apologize because there's a little wind noise for the first third of the uh, the interview. So I apologize for that. But it was it was it was really nice talk with Frank. He had tons of information, and. Um, it was just, it was nice, and we played it safe by being outside, and we were masked, so we did play it safe. So I'm going to play you that right now. I am here with uh, Frank Luna, the, the one, the only, who's been releasing the stuff for Ernie Minahuni. Aloha. Welcome. Aloha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, I got to tell you, I saw Ernie, I think it was 08, maybe 09, I can't remember my memory's awful right. when he did a show at the Contiki uh -huh. and I came out here with Jeff Chenault a friend of mine and, mm -hmm. and it was great we just loved it and then I talked to Ernie and because he knew uh, he knew Mark and, and Maggie really well yep. um, he invited us to come to his annual luau at his place That's property, yeah. that was phenomenal and I got to actually interview him then. I interviewed him for the show, uh -huh. and it was great, but... Um... Uh, work with me here. Uh, okay. I, um, I first got known and introduced... Uh, I, I, first, I first got known, uh, introduced to Ernie Menahuni in the summertime of 1968. Oh. I, I was eight years old at the time, and this was when... He was uh, the number one performer at the Spanish Trail over here, uh, you know, on, on 6th Avenue in the freeway. Oh, and um, it was during the time, you know, when the, you know, when the uh, Spanish Trail would have like a family weekend. While the kids were swimming in the pool, their parents were in the lounge partying it up, you know, drinking and, uh, you know, having a really good time. This is when times were different and stuff. And I was coming out of the pool. I'm surprised I remember this from eight years old. I was coming out of the pool, and I hear this voice, this, you know, Hawaiian, you know, sounding voice up in the higher tier, yeah. and it's like, you know, like the RCA Victor dog, it tweaked my ear, you know, and, and <laughs> from your eyes, one more aloha, then it's time for goodbye. And it's like, you know, I, I got to go see what's going on and stuff. So I dried myself and made my way into the lounge. You know, by that time, you know, the singing had stopped. And uh, I met my dad, you know, at the bar along with uh, our neighbor, uh, Tom Vera. Frankie, would you, you want to meet Ernie Menahuni? You know, the, you know uh, he's, he's uh, the guy that you heard the voice and stuff like that. And here I was, this, you know, this eight-year-old kid. And oh my God! I mean, you know, this. You know, I felt like a Bobby Soxer from, yeah. Frank, from Frank Sinatra days, <laughs> Dean Martin and stuff. You know, because um, Ernie Menahuni at that time was a very big name in Tucson and performing and uh, having his shows and everything else. And here I, you know, I meet this man, and I was just like, oh, they, they, they all googled <laughs> and you know, just you know, just dumbfounded, you know, I'm meeting this man and stuff, you know, and um, I got to see the second half of his show at that time, oh, cool. you know, and, uh, you know, it's when he had, you know, uh, his daughters, you know, uh, doing the show, and, uh, you know, that's when I got introduced to the thing, you know, with the big uh, sombrero I had and the, the gut, you know, with the horn playing and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so funny, and, you know, and what I loved about Ernie at that time and still to this day is that he was a performer for the entire family you know he wasn't disrespectful the jokes were a little bit you know dated and corny and stuff you know but he was such a wonderful performer you know that you know he was a performer and an entertainer for the entire family not just to the adults but he also you know with kids and stuff you know but 
he divided his time to where, you know, during the matinees, during the daytime hours, you know, in the lounge at the Spanish Trail, he catered to the family. Whereas later on in the evening hours after the adults had, you know, a few uh, drinks or drinks. two or so, <laughs> to where, you know, he, you know, he got, a, you know, a little bit risque, you know, but nothing questionable, you know, yeah. to where the cops are going to pull him off stage and stuff, yeah. you know. I bought a new car. I did five years ago. The guy told me, Ernie, it'll last forever. I didn't know he meant the payments. <laughs> and that's what I loved about him, you know, and I remembered that, you know, from, you know, from when I was eight years old. Cut to more recently, and uh, uh, going into the end, uh, middle part of uh, 2010. At that time, I was, uh, you know, working at a radio station in Sarita, you know, and um, uh, I'm, uh, you know, you know, working and stuff, and I was in between radio stations, and I came home for lunch, you know, before going to another radio station, and I turned on the television to Channel 9, and uh, the, the show called The Morning Blood was on. And here I am, you know, making it. I've got the audio loud on the TV and stuff. And then I hear, and here to perform for you is the Polynesian uh, performer, you know, legendary, the legendary Ernie Manuhuni. I dropped every, I almost broke a plate wow. in the kitchen. And I, you know, dropped what I was doing. And that threw me back, you know, to my, you know, my youth. And then, you know, he threw up, uh, you know, he said, you know, he was going to have a, a luau at his property, you know, on, uh, in, uh, you know, in West Tucson. And he put up a number, yeah. okay? And I called that number and said, you know, hi, Ernie, my name is Frank Luna, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'd like to reserve two tickets, for, you know, for your luau and stuff, right? And this is like a month, you know, before the luau actually happened. And so, okay, great. Call him and stuff, and hopefully he'll call me back. And I didn't hear from him for nothing for a month, close oh to a goodness. month. Oh, my goodness. I'm at the radio station, Sawarita, and my phone was in the transmitter room, and it's ringing. It's like, oh, darn, you know, so I have to get up and <laughs> go over, you know, to the to the phone and stuff. And by that time, I'd gone to voicemail. Oh, darn, who called me? So, okay, 883. The prefix was 883. Okay, 883. And uh, that, that, you know, 883 is West Tucson, West Tucson. Ernie, you know? <laughs> and I called my voicemail and stuff, you know, and um, I hear, hello, Frank Luna. Aloha. This is Ernie Menahuni. And I, oh, <laughs> I didn't even bother listening to the rest of the voicemail. I called him back immediately. And um, I I got to talk to him on the phone, you know, and um, like, like a kid again, you know, like, oh, my God, Ernie, you know, you may not remember me. I'm, you know, from the Spanish Trail, you know, and um, can I see you tomorrow morning, you know, uh, to get the tickets for me in person? Sure, no problem, you know. And he gave me, you know, instructions and directions on how to get to his place. So the next day, I called to every radio station that I worked for at the time. I'm taking the day off. <laughs> I am not coming into work. I've got a special engagement and an appointment that I have to go to. I get in my truck, you know, and, uh, you know, I, uh, in getting to his property before, you know, I, I brought two large uh, coffees, mm -hmm. uh, some uh, Mexican sweet bread, mm -hmm. you know, and um, at that time, I only had, like, what, three albums of Ernie Menahuni. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get my stuff, you know, autographed by the by the legend himself, right? And so I make my way, you know, onto his property, and then I had to drive around to the back to where the stage and everything was at. Mm -hmm. And as I'm getting out of the truck, and I remember it just like yesterday, Mark, and uh, here he is sitting with one of his neighbors, you know, and he's, you know, cleaning up, you know, the leaves and stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know, and you know, and he's you know older in stature and stuff, but he still, you know, had the, you know, his the way his ears protrude and he, yeah. you know, in other words. He looked like Ernie Manuhuni, but in later years. Yeah. Okay. So then, you know, I, um, Ernie? Frank? <laughs> and, oh my God, nice to meet you. Shook hands and I, I gave him the coffee and uh, the sweetbread and we started talking. I so said, before we go any further, may I please have your autograph? And, oh, sure, to Frank Luna. Aloha, Ernie Manuhuni. And, oh man, you know, I, I, Wow, I was just touched and everything. Yeah. And so, um, and here we are talking. I talked to him, you know, about, you know, uh, his career. I brought up the Donald O'Connor show when he performed, you know, on television and stuff, you know, and past performances and days gone by, the Spanish Trail, blah, 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 you know. He was so amazed on, you know, and how, uh, you know, you know, for me, you know, my age and stuff like that, how I remember all that, you know, and I told him, look, you know, you know, your your LPs are very hard to find, you know, uh, because they're out of print. You and know. they're good. Yeah. Every one yes, of them is really good. Yes, they were. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, he had a wonderful producer of Heath Harrelson from, yeah. uh, from Safford, you know, which um, 
at the time, uh, you know, in the early to mid 60s, this is when stereo recordings were now coming into vogue. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he had all of his music recorded, you know, at uh, audio recorders in Phoenix. And then the last, uh, the next to last album, album number six, My Way, which he dedicated to the Spanish Trail, mm -hmm. was um, recorded at Copper State Recording Studio here on Broadway and Euclid. It's not there no more. Oh, here in Tucson. Yes, in Tucson. Oh, and cool. And then uh, his last album he had recorded at, um, at uh, I forget the recording studio name, but it was in Hollywood. And this was under the, under the hospices of Gold Crown Records. Uh -huh. Okay. Who was, which owned, uh, which the owner was Lee Redmond who owned the, the company at the time. Mm -hmm. But anyways, getting back to what we're talking about, um, I'm, I'm, you know, reliving and, you know, reminiscing with him and stuff, you know, and all those recordings and his performances. And then that's when I hit him with the $64,000 question. <laughs> that's why. So Ernie, whatever became of your master recordings of all your, of all your records and stuff? And he gets up, you know, that's when come on, I'll show you, you know? And and uh, we go to this uh, this you know, homemade storage room, the storage shack behind, you know, uh, his stage where he performed. Mm -hmm. And um, it was dilapidated, beat up, you know, with the wood, you know, kind of curling up yeah. at the bottom and stuff, you know. And he goes to his keys and he opens it up and he, you know, amongst all the uh, Hawaiian costumes and the hula skirts and uh, he pulls out this huge box and he goes to me and he goes, here, I'm giving it to you. And like, my jaw dropped to the floor. Wow! I uh, I was, I I started getting a little bit clumped and you yeah. know uh, emotional and, oh my God, you know, you're giving me your masters. Oh, and we he put the you know he puts the box in, in, in you know in the back you know close to the truck, and oh my God, is this? I got so overwhelmed, Mark. I gave him a huge hug. And I think I overdid it on the hook because I think I cracked a sternum. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he was a small guy, you know. But uh, for his stature, he yeah. he's pretty good, strong and stuff, oh, yeah. you know. And I asked him, uh, you know, why are you giving me your recordings? And so, long story short, on that, you know, he had been having you know problems with family, uh -huh. and that um, he was very apprehensive on what he wanted to do with all of his masters mm. because he didn't trust family on how he wanted them to sound and stuff like that. And he gave them to me because in that short time that I, I met him, you know, and, you know, for that meeting, he um, saw in me how, how warm I was and how sincere and open and honest I was in asking about his recordings. And, um, you know, I told him, you know, about my background in broadcasting and sound engineering and, you know, audio restorations and things like that, you know, and so he um, trusted me enough, you know, to to make me his legal and official custodian of all of his master oh. tapes. That's all I could just say is like, wow, 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 you know, and so uh, at the end of our, our meeting, of course, I got the tickets for his luau, and, uh, you know, from that point on, Mark, that was the beginning, as they say, of a wonderful and beautiful relationship with this man. Yeah. And uh, January of 2011 was the beginning and opening of Luna Recorded Archives. And uh, he asked me, you know, uh, who else do you represent and stuff like that? And I said, nobody. <laughs> You're it. Yeah. Luna Recorded Archives is Ernie Menahuni. And uh, I wanted to dedicate all of my work to the restoration and the reissuing and re-releasing of all seven of his LPs mm -hmm. and whatever singles, you know, that he had as a single but not dedicated to any LP in which, you know, the singles that he did come out with on Tony Records are going to be included on Ernie's seventh album, My Hula Maid. Mm -hmm. So that way you get the LP plus the other singles that he released on Tony Records oh. included as a bonus, you know, on, on that LP. You know, my hula maid, how she died in the evening by the you know, wow, no one's ever done this to me, you know. And you know, how much I don't want your money, Ernie. I just want your friendship. I want, uh, 
to build to build a good relationship and stuff, you know. And I told him, you know, right flat out, I'm not in this for the money. I'm in this because of the love of your music and your voice and your recordings. And I want the 21st century to know about you, you know, long after you're gone, you know. And, um, you know, he really, wow, that, that really made him emotional and stuff. And that was the beginning, like I said, of a beautiful yeah. friendship, relationship. And subsequently, you know, uh, I became uh, his part-time organist, you know, for his live performances. Mm -hmm. And then that evolved into uh, being his re uh, sound engineer for his, uh, for his shows. And, you know, the last performances that we had at the Contiki, that was just it. It was me, my equipment, Ernie, and that was it, yeah. you know. And um, I didn't have enough equipment to make live recordings, you yeah. know, of, of him performing, you know. I had enough, you know, in my repertoire and built, you know, from his masters to do a really good, decent performance and stuff, you know. And um, when people started, you know, getting the word out that, uh, you know, the word started spreading, you know, they couldn't believe it. Yeah. Oh my God. Back to Aloha hands on CD and stuff, you know, and let me tell you something. When I that, came up, that was me too. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I just about had a, I, I mean, I literally, my heart stopped for a minute. I'm like, the, there's a couple of these out on CD. <laughs> I, got, I frantically oh, looked man. for them. And I guess it was Zia records. Zia right? records. Right. And, I called every single Zia Records I could find, and they were all sold out. That's yep. when I contacted I was, I was surprised, you know, because uh, the amount of CDs that I made of his first two albums, unknowingly, I'd uh, put in, uh, uh, among the tapes, you know, I put in an unreleased version of uh, uh, Mapuana, yeah, you know, with, uh, with the chatter, you know, in the studio and everything yeah. else, you know. Uh, you eat just, some water? just a minute, I saw a ramrod over here. <laughs> <sighs> okay, we're rolling. This is take two. One, two. Tonight, Mapuana, Hawaii smiles on you. And the look on this man's face, you know, when he um, first heard Back to Aloha Land, wait, I'm hearing uh, talking, chatter, you know, and then he heard the count. One, two, three. Da, 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 and then, oh my God, Mark, his eyes got big. One, two, three. Got my eye on a palm tree and a shoe full of sand. And the look on this man's face said a thousand and one words to where, you know, I love how it sounds. And he gave me a stamp of approval with the exception of Round the Town. Around the town, uh, this is before I um, I was working, you know, because there were some master tapes that I didn't get, but then subsequently I did, you know, I was able to find, you know, in Ernie's property. Mm -hmm. And um, I was working with, uh, you know, with um, a two-track master, not mm -hmm. the four-track master. Uh -huh. There was a difference. I don't want to go back to Hawaii. I don't want to go back again. So he's listening to Round the Town. And you know, oh, Frankie, it sounds good. I hear a butt coming. Let's hear it. Yeah. But I don't hear this. Uh, I want to, you know, hear a little bit more of this stuff, you know. So, okay, fine. No problem, Ernie, you know. And so I go back to my consulting engineers. Well, the engineers that I was consulting with, Leifer and... Uh, and Jim Brady. Yeah. Anyways, you know, I, I was consulting when they were unavailable. So I went to another engineer who I consulted with. And, you know, his name was Vince. And he, like yourself, was a big fan of Ernie's recordings and stuff. And I told him what the problem was with, we uh, we took the, the two-track master. He broke it down into a system frequency by frequency by frequency by frequency yeah. by frequency. From the low end all the way to the high end. Yeah. That end result, when I brought back the master the second master to Ernie for Round the Town uh, a week and a half later. Oh my God, his eyes lit up. Yeah. He was, you know, he was so taken, you know, by how his recordings were meticulously remastered, but to a point. Because when, the, like I told um, Brian Smith from the Tucson Weekly, when you're messing with, you know, existing master recordings, 
you're messing with history. Yeah. You yeah. know, and you know, I'm a stickler, you know, for sound accuracy. Ernie got to hear all of his LPs in the early stages of transference from analog to digital. Oh, that's fantastic. But, you know, unfortunately, he only got to hear um, the second album when it went to press, uh -huh. you know, when it was released to the public, you know. Yeah. And, of course, after that, you know, he, um, you know, he passed away. You know, of course, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, it, it hit me really hard, mm -hmm. you know, and... Um, and his girlfriend, Patty, at the time, you know, because I, you know, I, I leaned on her a lot, you know, for support uh -huh. because of, you know, the both of us being close to Ernie. And I had, um, you know, asked her, you know, who do I go to now? You know, because you know, Ernie's not here on uh, giving his approval for his recordings. Yeah. She goes to me, uh, Frank, you knew how we liked his recordings, and that's what you have, you know, you're left to work with. So basically... You're pretty much taking over Ernie's decisions, and you remember how he liked his sound. He liked it a particular way, and that's what you have to build on, and you have to build on and move forward yeah. and go forward with that. Yeah. And so um, I've always taken that to heart. You know, I would always say, okay, Ernie wouldn't like that. Ernie would like this, uh -huh. bring up this sound, you know, and stuff. And again, you know, I was always making audio comparisons to the first LPs, mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, working with that as a bass and then, you know, just adjusting the sound just a little bit, you know, to get it to sound, you know, as good as on CDs, you know, because basically what I'm doing is transferring the original master recording to digital, but with very little... Uh, Adjustment, yeah, or enhancement, yeah, or or equalization to where you know it wouldn't sound overdone. A lot of his rec uh, master recordings, you know, were from the '60s and mid '70s, yeah, you know, and I had to take extra care, you know, on doing the transference because I didn't want to break the tape on my machinery. Right. And of course, you know, um, again, I wasn't in no hurry. Yeah. I wasn't. I didn't have, you know, I had time on my side. I was meticulous very careful with the master tapes and if i was able to get through on the first run on the machinery then i wound it back to its original reel put it back in the box sealed it in plastic and put it away yeah you know so that way you know i have a good good copy of the original recording the first time around and that's what i have to work with yeah. you know and what's been amazing is that um even though the tapes are old I was surprised at how pristine it sounded, yeah. especially the four-track recordings, you know, because, you know, I had to go to uh, to the recording studio to get a transfer because, you know, because uh, right now, all of uh, Ernie's recordings are in raw form and digital in my home studio. I'm on the fourth album, Round the Town, and I'm, you know, I'm very close in going to the market, you know, to issuing them on CDs and stuff, you know, but because of Ernie's following, uh, a lot of fans, you know, from the from the, uh, from the the Facebook page, yourself included, yeah. have been asking, you know, to make a few more copies of his first uh, LPs and stuff, which we are going to do uh, with what little money I have to work with. I can reissue, you know, the first two, as well as coming out with, um, you know, the first 50 copies of, of Ernie's LPs, you know. Good. You know, and again, you know, as I've told you before, Mark, I'm not in this for the money. Yeah. I'm in this for the love and the preservation of Ernie Menuhuni's recordings, his legacy, so that way the 21st century and beyond gets to hear him. They really do sound great, and... The thing that always struck me was Ernie had such a beautiful voice. Oh, God, yes. And I remember coming to the Contiki to see him perform, and he did his slightly higher bit. Yeah. And he got up on a chair, and I remember everybody was, you know, I remember thinking, oh, God, I hope he doesn't fall. But he was hitting these notes that were yep. perfect. Yep. What a voice. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, when I interviewed him, he he talked about Frank Sinatra came yep. came to uh-huh. his show yep. after right. midnight or something to see him perform. That's right. I was surprised, you know, on how popular Ernie is to this day. Yeah. In Tucson and in Vegas, Phoenix, California, uh, you know, because Ernie, you know, was regional, but again, you know, I mean, for Frank Sinatra. Yeah to take time out from his schedule yeah. to watch Ernie perform, I mean, that says it all right there, Yeah, you know? And of course, you know, his, you know, he's super popular in Hawaii, mm-hmm. you know? And surprisingly, my, uh, my radio buddy at K57 on the island of Guam, when yeah. he heard that, you know, this man's music was being, Frankie, send me copies, we'll put it on the radio and stuff like that, and he, you know, when Ernie started getting radio airplay, when uh, his first album, Back to Aloha Land, was being, was was re-released and again the look on ernie's face when he heard his song and oh my god frankie did it he got my music on the radio and i said you know i i promised and he was so again you know so grateful you know to have me you know to work with him to you know record him and stuff like that in fact um i have to look at my uh my recording computer you know that um he uh, was on his way to Contiki, you know, but his van had broken down, and so um, while his van was being worked on and towed, I brought him. I brought him and Patty, you know, back to my my home studio, uh-huh. and uh, we got to uh, recording. You know, uh, he had his ukulele with him and stuff. And I didn't um, know he played ukulele. Oh yes, yeah. sir, he did. You know, wow. he was a master at it. Wow. And he, um, I'm not going to get another opportunity to record him. So I set up microphone real quickly over him and stuff in. Uh, this is a March 31st, almost a year before he passed away. And I got him to record Tiny Bubbles. Really? Just, just him and his ukulele. Oh, and when, awesome. uh, you know, and I'm going to release that, you know, you know, later on, you know, when, uh, you know, when I get towards the last of his LP. In fact, yeah. I'll probably end up including it on his last album, My oh, Hula Made, you know. That's fantastic. You know, just, you know, oh my God, I finally have him, one of his, his recordings and stuff. And again, you know, when he had passed... Um, you know, like a lot of people, you know, it it did hit me. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and um, um, I reminisce, and I think every now and then, you know, but I think of all the good times, you know, that in that short time, you know, that I got reacquainted and, you know, got to know Ernie, you know. Oh, my God, after his performances, we'd sit, you know, and, you know, his favorite drink, Kahlua and milk. Really? Yes, sir. Ah. You know, and so we, you know. Like um, when we would get finished with the performance, you know, at his uh, his home uh, uh, stage, yeah. you know, at his property, while everybody was tearing down, you know, uh, the food uh, sections and cleaning up the table and stuff, there'd be Ernie and I, you know, at one of his tables, you know, close to the stage, you know, having a Kahlua and milk, you know, toasted to our health, you know, and to good times, to yeah. the future. And, you know, that was one of the things that I loved about Ernie is that this man was so down to earth. He was so wonderful to talk to when he performed in Torrance, Las Vegas, Phoenix, you know, and all these other, you know, places around town, you know, like at nursing homes, you know, to to perform for the elders. Ernie would go that extra mile, you know, to really, you know, put out a wonderful performance, even though it wasn't for, you know, a huge audience, Mm -hmm. you know, it was an audience nevertheless. And he always, you know, went that extra mile, you know, to could be a wonderful performer and stuff. And of course, after the show, sold a few CDs, got to take pictures, you know, with some of his uh, audience members and stuff, you know. And, you know, it was just just a wonderful man. Yeah. Wonderful man to to know and everything, you know. And I'm privileged to be the owner of his master recordings and releasing them to the public so that way Ernie Menahuni will not be forgotten from here on out, you know. And, Fantastic. you know, I've always had that to work with, you know, God bless him. Yeah. You know. So you did you grow up in Tucson? Yes, I did. You did? Uh-huh. Tell me about the Spanish trails. I I learned about it from Ernie, and then one year when we were visiting, I went to the old site, and, you know, it was shut down. And it was, oh, it's dilapidated, it was dilapidated now. Yeah. This, this might have been maybe seven, maybe eight ago at the time the sign was still there it had yep. a few holes in it now there's nothing but the frame right um what a cool place and the fact that he's actually got an album recorded live there i think that's 
that's tell yeah, me about that okay. place because you stayed there, okay. right? Uh, well, or you, you know, were there, well, right? well, you know, I, I didn't actually stay there per se. You know, again, this is uh, during the time when the hotels, you know, would open their place, you know, for family weekends. Yeah. To where you know the parents took the, the family, you know, maybe rent a room or just spent the, the you know the day there or the weekend there. Yeah. To where the kids were running amok in the pool and you know having fun there while the adults were at the lounge you know you know uh, partying up yeah. and you know and <laughs> and of course you know during that that time you know Ernie Manhuni was the star performer and the draw you know for the Spanish Trail and of course the Spanish Trail has got an immense record you know of past performances there Duke Ellington included really uh Tony Bennett uh various other artists that I can't go into, you know, because, you know, the list is that long. Yeah. The Spanish Trail, you know, was the place to go to at that time, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, Ernie, you know, was at the top of the list on that. Yeah. Uh, during 1968, that's when, surprisingly, the album Round the Town, you know, was just, you know, making its uh, its rounds, you know, in the market, you know, and he had already released the uh, three previous albums of uh, Back to Aloha Land, then Hawaii Suntan Irishman, then Showtime, Showtime, the live uh, recording, you know, at uh, at the Spanish Trail. Now that was a recording that was a challenge because the album, the album's master recordings, the levels were all over the place. Again, you know, with the help of uh, consulting engineers, of course, you know, I was the engineer that supervised all of his transferences from analog to digital. That sounds like my house. <laughs> That, that was a very challenging uh, restoration there because I had to listen to the recording in its raw form when I transferred it, being really minimal with it, you know, putting in some sort of leveling towards the end of Showtime, there's an extra bonus track. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something about that. That bonus track was taken from uh, master recordings of uh, Ernie performing at a, at a hotel, I think in Colorado. And of, uh, that's going to be subsequently released, you know, after all the seven LPs have been done. But when I was listening to it, um, while going on, you know, through the tape, you know, I heard him uh, perform the Hawaiian wedding song in Polynesian. And oh, it was really? And it was raw. And, you know, listening to the vocal range and how he sung it and everything, because that performance was so different from how he did the Hawaiian wedding song on Back to Aloha Land. Mm -hmm. And... You know, he did it, you know, for for a, a newlywed couple at the time, oh. you know, and he sang it to them yeah. along with the audience and stuff, you know, and that brought tears to my eyes, oh. Mark. I mean, because listening to it, it's like, oh, my God, listen to this, you know, and he's performing it for a newlywed couple. Uh, uh, and, you know, oh, my God, I've got to put this out. Oh, I've man. got. And when I found I had enough room on the Showtime release, like I did with uh Hawaii Suntan Irishman, I included the extra track on this album. And um, when uh, when it first came out, and I started getting so much feedback, where did you get this recording? How did you get it? Stuff, and I, you know, and, uh, one individual, when I put it out on Facebook, uh, performed with Ernie on that actual recording, and he wanted to know when uh, it was going to be released in its entirety. And I, uh, I emailed him back and told him that... Um, I'm still working on his uh, first uh, LPs. Yeah. And once the LPs are done and the singles are done to include on his last album, including his last recording that I did at my home studio, that's when I'm going to get to that recording. When you're messing with master recordings, you're messing with history. Right. And you don't want to go beyond the scope of the original charm and history of the recording. Again, with uh, Ernie's masters, even though they're some of them, they're, they're close to 50 years old now. Yeah. You know, and I was surprised, you know, of their condition, but more and more, more so, I was surprised of how they sounded. Yeah. And how pristine they were. It's yeah. like I've lost money in this venture. Yeah. And um, Ernie knew that, you know, because he knew he wasn't going to like be selling him a lot, you know. But so long as he knew that he was being listened to and yeah. that he still had fans out there you know, in the world that appreciated his recordings and stuff. Because my record, my CDs of Ernie has gone as far out, you know, as uh, Hawaii, Guam, 
Germany, wow. England, you know, and I was surprised, you know, that, wow, Ernie's got fans, you know, and, you know, around the world, literally, you know, and um, it's nice to know, you know, that, you know, he's not been forgotten, yeah. you know, and, you know, his, his music is still listened to and appreciated. And that's, you know, again, that makes me feel good as being the custodian and no, well, now as legal owner of all yeah. of his master recordings, you know that, um, you know he's he's not been forgotten. Knock on wood. When whippoorwill calls, when whippoorwills call, and evening is nigh, we'll hurry to my heaven. I turn to the right. Well, also right now we're you know we're we're in the middle of this resurgence of. Hawaiiana and tiki, and, uh -huh. you know, people are going back and discovering. And you know, it's surprising, you know, on uh, now that we're in the age of digital, that um, re-releasing his music, you know, on CDs, you know, it was amazing and how. But now, when I put the word out that uh, his fourth album, Round the Town, is going to be coming out soon, the feedback I got from that, you know, because you know he does not only does he do uh, some Hawaiian tunes. But, you know, the impossible dream. Uh -huh. uh, your eyes are the eyes of a woman in love, you know, from Frankie Lane and yeah. uh, Spanish Eyes, you know. And he didn't uh, do those versions of songs, you know, like Al Martino did or Frankie Lane or Andy Williams. Yeah. He did it Ernie Menahuni's version. Yeah. And um, Ernie, God bless him, he was able to hear all of his LPs, everything, because everything on tape that Ernie has done is now in raw form digitally in my home studio you know i always look to heaven and said you know hey album number four is coming out soon boss you know yeah and uh don't call me boss call me, er <laughs> call me ernie you know you didn't like being you know called you know such words and stuff you know because you know even in, in the um and the uh the flub ups when we would have live on stage and stuff like that he'd look at me and that's not the song you know frankie <laughs> go, go back to the computer go 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 to that one song before, and, and I'm I'm looking, I'm looking, and then I I go to the other type. I don't know, you know, and <laughs> and then of course I'd get on the microphone that I have, and I say, "Well, I'm sorry, I wouldn't I didn't mean to do that, boss." You know? <laughs> and of course the audience would break up. You know, we had we went we had such you know a fun time. Yeah. You know, and we never took anything seriously. That's cool. We went out when we performed. You know, and and he'd go to me. You have everything good, right? The whole point was to entertain the audience and to have tons of fun. Yeah, that's the best you know? part. And that, that, that is, you know, because, you know, we have, you know, lunches, you know, together and stuff. And this man had the most simplest diet. Ernie wasn't a big eater, you know, where he would, you know, chow down on, you know, Lucky Wishbone or <laughs> you know, really, you know, really gorge on a plate. Yeah. We went to this one restaurant that was close to his home. You know, it was a, it was a Chinese restaurant. And, of course, you know, they knew Ernie, you know, and... and um, of course, I'd get, you know, I'd get like maybe, you know, uh, some, uh, uh, a few egg rolls, you know, and some, you know, some uh, noodles and things like that and, and, and a tea. And what Ernie would go for was one egg over, over easy or one egg sunny side up, a scoop of white rice, and two, maybe three slices of Spam and a cup of coffee. Spam. <laughs> and, you know, because Spam is notoriously popular in the islands. Yeah. And Ernie wasn't a very big eater, yeah. you know. I mean, even when they brought him over a, you know, a plate of food for performances from the Contiki or when he was performing at his home uh, stage, and, you know, he'd always, you know, oh, thank you for the plate and stuff like that. Here, Frankie, you eat it. Hey, that's my sound guy. That's Frank Luna. You know, if he wants a beer, give him a beer. If he wants a Kahlua, give him a Kahlua, <laughs> you know. And, uh, of course, I never did get, you know, inebriated yeah. in his performances because you had to keep you know, sober, yeah. you know. And again, there was always time, you know, for afterwards and stuff to where we could really enjoy our, our bebitas, our drinks and stuff. Yeah. And that was wonderful with Ernie that after we performed, you know, it's like, be it over at the Contiki or at his home, st uh, home uh, stage performances mm -hmm. and stuff, you know, we'd be at these like nursing homes and stuff, you know, or hospitals, you know, to perform for, for uh, you know, for the public there. And of course, after everything was done, his girlfriend would sneak in these little bottles of Kahlua. And of course, these places would always have milk. Yeah. So his girlfriend, Patty, would bring us, you know, two, you know, cups of, of ice with milk. And then we'd take the little bottles of Kahlua, throw it in, salute, salute. There and, you go. And, yeah. 
and you know that's you know I I miss him tremendously. Yeah. I miss him so I miss the conversations I would have with him. I miss his you know I miss his company so much. You know, but the one thing I will not ever miss is his music, yeah. his recordings, and his voice because I have that. I will make sure, so long as I'm alive, that he will never be forgotten. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Sure. You you mentioned some of the other recordings that you had that hadn't been released. Is there is there much uh, unreleased material or live unreleased? Well. Stuff? Um, from what I have, uh, and all of the uh, tapes that Ernie gave me, uh, he has two live performances. One has already been released, the mm -hmm. Showtime, and the other one is at this uh, this Antlers uh, Hotel Show Club in Colorado. There's a picture of that on the back of one of his LPs, isn't there? I think so. Uh, I think I think it's behind the uh, the Round the Town album. Because uh, um, the four, the fifth album was uh, was a compilation of the previous four albums, you know, plus a few other songs, you know, that he recorded uh, for that album, and the rest were all, you know, from uh, from the other albums. And that was his end of his association with Roadrunner Records and Heath Harrelson, his producer at the time. Mm -hmm. And that's when um, uh, Lee Redmond from Gold Crown Records picked up the mantle and produced his last two LPs. The uh, one, My Way, which was dedicated to the Spanish Trail, and then his last album, My Hula Made, which features a lot of uh, compositions that Ernie did that, you know, that he wrote, including My Hula Made, as well as other performances and songs, you know, that he collaborated, collaborated with Lee Redman. You know, so those, uh, the fourth album is getting close to, you know, to being close to the to being sent to the to the uh, pressers, uh -huh. so that leaves uh, uh, Waikiki Jackpot, the album My Way and My Hulu Made. You uh -huh. know the last two from Gold Crown Records, yeah. and then of course on the last album I'm including uh, the uh, two uh, 45 singles that he did for his label Tawny Records, yeah. which I have the masters to, Lucky. Yeah, and um, also uh, a song that he did called These Hands, which was never issued on. Uh, an album and so those uh, 45 singles are going to be included on his last album My Hula Made oh. and once all those are done then I can go uh, and work on uh, his uh, last uh, live recordings that he did at the this Antler Club in, um, in Colorado you know and so that way he is not forgotten and uh, his his legacy will live on forward you know yeah so I'm glad because, you know, when I started this podcast, I started this podcast in 08, I guess. Uh -huh. And I thought, I'm going to have two people that are going to listen to this because it's all just exotica and tiki music from the 60s and the 50s. And uh -huh. I thought, only two people that listen to it. And it's exploded now. Uh -huh. And I've got people who write to me, email me from all over the world, England and and Sweden and and Germany and uh -huh. Paris and uh -huh. like, I listen to your show and uh -huh. I, and I'm thinking, really, Do you, really, <laughs> you people are listening to this. <laughs> but it's amazing how much music out there that I thought people had forgotten, right? But they didn't. You know, they're rediscovering it. And then there's the group of people that remembered it when they were kids or. And they yep. held on to those records, yep. and they cherished yep. them, and that music. And uh, it's just so nice to hear that, you know, that it's being, that people care for it, you know. And appreciate it's being it. redone. Right. Yeah, uh -huh. and appreciate it. Uh-huh. Frank, it was great to meet you. Wonderful to meet you, Thank too, Mark. you Thank for you. coming on the show. My pleasure. And uh, I know it's windy, but it's going to turn out okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to future Manahu uh, Ernie Manahuni recordings. Yes, thank you. Aloha. Aloha. Big, big mahalo to Frank Luna and his little dog Una for joining me in that rather blustery park in Tucson, Arizona during COVID. Um, 
Thank you very much, Frank. I really appreciate it. I hope you liked this episode, and I hope you all got something out of this. We went a little bit over time, but there was so much good information, I just did not want to cut it out. So I hope you got some insight into Ernie Menahuni, the man, the music, the uh, the forthcoming CDs that are coming out, so keep a lookout for them. I'm going to try and post information on them on the homepage of digitiki.com, so keep a lookout for that. And as always, my Mai Tai has melted. It come to the end. Where? How do I say that? My Mai Tai is empty. And that means we've come to the end of another visit here at the Quiet Village. Thank you all for visiting. Thank you for the kind words that keep coming in. And thank you all for the station IDs that you're sending me for Quiet Village Radio. Let me know what you want to do for the 100th episode. Uh, you uh, you can visit The Quiet Village at any time by going to digitiki.com where you can get a complete list of all the tracks on this and past episodes as well as listen to past episodes and even listen to Quiet Village Radio streaming streaming Tiki Music 24-7. I want to wish you all safe travels and remember... Make sure you left the world just a little bit better than when you found it this morning. Don't just say aloha, live aloha. Until next time, aloha. Ah.